Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is October 13th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great week. Tough start to the week. The Bruins not really doing a heck of a lot. Bruins signed Craig Smith on Saturday morning to make up for the, or not to make up for, but I guess in Bruins fans' mind, it made up for the loss that was losing Tory Krug on Friday night to the St. Louis Blues of all teams. Uh, so a tough week, uh, for, for you Bruins fans and, uh, a weird one because, you know, we all thought they would do a lot more than they are and, uh, they aren't. And even after, so Connor Ryan's on this week of Boston Sports Journal. You know, Connor, you love Connor. Uh, Connor and I, uh, dissected everything they are doing, everything they aren't doing, which is a lot more than what they are doing. Uh, who they're missing out on, why they shouldn't be missing out on them, who else they could potentially go after. Uh, one of the names was Nate Schmidt, uh, but Nate Schmidt got traded like right after we finished recording, uh, for a third round pick. <laughs> so that would have, that could have done a whole 30 minutes on that. But at any rate, uh, infuriating times, honestly, a weird, as I said, weird times, but more infuriating because these are such like, you know, Toffoli for 4.25 million a year. I mean, like the Bruins should have been in on that. Uh, same with Nate Schmidt, even though the contract's not great. Third round pick, that's not too tough to give up. Uh, Eric Gustafson was another one. So, uh, a lot of just infuriating stuff. Um, and I feel like this will be a good place for you Bruins listeners to, uh, Bruins beat listeners. You beat heads. Maybe that's what I want to call you guys from now on. Beat heads. Is there a better name I could give you guys? You know, you loyal listeners, you know, you spoke Z's, Reg Schofields, all you guys who are loyal, loyal listeners. Uh, I, I, beat heads, maybe. I, I don't know what other names. If you guys can come up with ones, let me know so we can make this a fun community. It's been a fun community on Twitter lately, but I want to have a name for you guys because you guys are fun. Um, but weird week and a nice time for you. I feel like for you guys to listen and just get your anger out, get your anger out in this episode. If you're listening in the car, you're alone, scream, yell with us. Uh, if you're cooking dinner or you're at home listening, yell with us, you know, punch that desk. Get that, get that, get that anger out. Uh, cause there's a lot of it this week. Uh, also before we get into the, uh, to the episode, I have a new mic. You're probably thinking, hey, Evan sounds better. Evan sounds a lot better. He sounds, sounds crisp and clear and good. Well, I have a new mic. Uh, I, I figured I had the same mic for like two years and it was like this plastic one that I bought, you know, as I said, two years ago. I was like, well, I think I can get a better mic. It's, I think it's time to upgrade. And so I did. It's much better. I like it. 
Um, it goes in front of my face. So if you're watching on YouTube, there are times you might not be able to see my mouth. I'm so sorry. Uh, speaking of YouTube, by the way, uh, so go subscribe to Bruins Ringside because that has every Bruins Beat episode on YouTube. So if you like watching video more, uh, by all means, go watch it there. Um, we also have tons of press conferences. We have uh, breakdowns. Usually it's Connor Ryan and I on video breaking down things that are separate from the podcast. Uh, also on CLNS Media's YouTube page. So go subscribe to those two places. Again, just need a Google account. It's all free. No, no extra stuff. So Bruins Ringside and CLNS Media, go subscribe to those. Also, leave a nice little rating on this on this podcast wherever you get it. You know, I got the new mic. I sound a little bit better. Uh, why don't you reward me a little bit there? Uh, nice, 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 nice rating and a review. I would love that. Um, but before we get into the episode, the wait's finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season and opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online your online sportsbook experts. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Not much, Evan. What's going on with you? Oh, just the Bruins not doing a lot and we thought they would do. Uh, it's a weird, it's a weird time. And this feels like normal. We're going to jump right into it because there's a lot. Um, and usually we do pleasantries, but everybody knows you and I record podcasts 24-7 as Spokesman yep. says. So we might as well just jump right into things. I know how you're doing. You know how I'm doing. The listeners know how we're doing. Both tired. We've just been watching, checking our phones every day for the last five days. So Tired, beaten down, out of it. Uh, no, but so uh, the Bruins right now uh, seem to be doing a whole lot of nothing. And Saturday morning, I felt like, you know, maybe they might do something. They got Craig, they signed Craig Smith, which we were both big fans of that deal. Uh, they moved the press conference back Friday night and we're thinking, ooh, ooh, a little something in the works here. And then Taylor Hall goes to Buffalo. Eric Gustafson, uh, Eric Gustafson went to where? A year and three million to uh, Philly. Philly. Right? Went to yeah. Philly. And Toffoli goes to Montreal. Yep. And in the span Undervalue of less than 24 market, hours. Yeah. Yes, nothing. What are the Bruins doing? Well, Evan, um, I'll be honest with you. I really don't uh, know exactly what the overall game plan is. I can tell you probably what they're going to say is the fact that, you know, they're evaluating, you know, who might be available for good value on the market. And, I mean, yeah, they have to re-sign Grizzlick and they got to re-sign DeBrusque, um, you know, Chara if they want to do that. Um and then, you know, it remains to be seen how much money you're going to have left, right? Maybe four or five million, maybe an available cap room. But it's not like the Bruins are, are, you know, hamstrung here in terms of what they can do. I mean, you can move assets to, you know, free up more cap. You can, you know, if you you have to still address uh, the vacancy on your, on your decor now with crew gone. So, uh, I mean, you can harken back to the fact that, you know, they miss out on Hall, which we don't know, even know how that went down. Like if, I don't know how Hall picks 
a team like Buffalo, Buffalo, if there's, yeah, over whatever offer the Bruins had, if they even had an offer out on them. I mean, they didn't even offer Tory Krug a contract. And at that point, you know, we, we hear that and you're pretty surprised by it. You're like, well, if they're not offering Tory, they're not even offering him a contract. They must have been, you know, you know, circling back and being like, all right, we have five plus million in cap that's freed up now. We can identify other targets to help the team. All right, what, what, what are they? Right. What, what, what are we doing? Because the Bruins are one of the few contending teams that enter this off season with a lot of cap or a good amount of cap, at least to play with to add pieces. And you look at the way the market's gone and it's gone, you know, absolutely down the drain in terms of what these guys were expected to make. I mean, if you told me you can get Tyler Toffoli for four years and four, two, five, I think you'd be very, you'd be pumped with that, right? Like the market is literally, dip to a level where you can add one or two pieces for, for good value. And the Bruins aren't doing anything like even Gustafson, like that was an easy fix in terms of filling in your lefty. And I'm not a big fan of Gustafson. Cause I mean, he's all offense and like no defense at all. But if you want to pitch it to me, because they don't have any better options that, you know, you put him with a, a guy like Kahlo and maybe it balances out a little bit. I, I don't really buy that, but you can pitch it to me, right? That's better than, what the game plan is right now, which is, you know, uh, you know, Patrice Bergeron's 35, David Krejci's 34. Um, yeah, we're a better team as we roll out Urho back and Iron and Jacob Zaborl. And people are like, well, you have to do that eventually. It's like, well, yeah, you do that eventually when either those guys are tied and you can take a hit and you're in a bridge year or uh, Bergeron is 31 and Krejci is 30 and you can – you have four or five years down the road of with that core. Now is not the time to do that. So I really don't get what the game plan is. And again, this news can change. I can check my phone as we're done with this podcast and maybe they trade for a guy like Martinez or Schmidt or something like that. But right now, I mean, all these, that's all I've been doing today is checking my phone and seeing guys on good value deals get signed as the Bruins aren't doing anything. It's funny. I see these good value deals. I say, oh my, is it the Bruins? Is it the Bruins? You know, we all have Drager's tweet notifications on and, and Pierre Lebrun and everyone are like, oh, it's the Bruins. And no, it's the Canadians or, oh, it's the Sabres or, oh, it's the Flyers. And, and, you know, it's funny. It's that time of the year where you check your phone all the time, but you also mentioned the Vegas aspect. So we're recording this Monday night. Uh, it's 7.53 right now, as I said that. So the, the, the Golden Knights just signed Alex Petrangelo, uh, seven years, 8.5 million, uh, per year. I believe 8.8, I think, right? 8.8, 8.8 million. Uh, yeah. It's a stinky contract. I mean, really not great. Uh, that is a just giving up first round picks later down the line, but now Vegas has to trade off somebody. They have to free up cap space. And the, the, the feeling is it will be someone like Alec Martinez, who's due 4 million next year, good solid left shot defenseman, or Nate Schmidt, who's due uh, 5.8 million, I believe, per year yeah, until, six, yeah. uh, 2025, 26, which that is not a contract that excites me much. Um, it no. shouldn't really excite anybody. Uh, it's no. not a good contract. That is a lot of money for someone like Nate Schmidt, but, but they're left shot D. They're definite top four guys. I'm more, so if you had to, if you have to pick between the two, cause I think that is the obvious move the Bruins should make for one of those two. I think the easy move is Alec Martinez, you know, yeah. because, you know, you, you, someone said this on Twitter. I forget who it was, and I, I, I don't mean to, you know, take their opinion, but I thought it was a good one in the sense that uh, you don't know where this team's going to be in a year. Martinez is a UFA in a year. Get a year out of him in your top yeah. four, veteran guy, 
proven winner, scored those that huge cup winner, which was like insane. I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't mean he's unbelievable, but you know that was a crazy. I mean, talk about a crazy crowd reaction, right? Um, and a time when you miss him most, but you know, good solid left shot defenseman, four million next year, UFA veteran guy could be a fit. You know, it's a year to me. That's the obvious one, and he's probably going to take less to get. Nate Schmidt is a little more expensive. Do you think the Bruins go that route? Because it feels I mean, like they're not doing anything obvious. I mean, I think you look at the way the the team's set up, and you know, we we heard during the the presser with Don Sweeney talking about it how you know they've embraced the youth movement in the past, and you know, a guy like Kahlo who no one really knew what to expect, and he turns heads. But like again, I look back at you look at that team. Bergeron was what. 32 31 at that time like Younger. and Brennan yeah, Kahlo at least was you know not saying who knows back in Islanders world maybe they become good defensemen this year but like that's a lot of risk you're running into on this team that needs to go all in and also I mean how much have we talked about it like you look at um you know if you let Krug walk you know gave you a chance to tinker and change kind of the identity of that decor right like you could have added a a guy who's bigger there, not saying you had to get like a goon or something. Right. But like, you could at least get a more like steady defensive presence back there. Maybe a little bit bigger guy. I don't think Erho Vakanainen or Jacobs world are giving you a, a different look. Like they're not like a power play, you know, whiz like Krug is, but they're not like a, you know, it's not like you went and got like Nikita Zadorov or one of those guys who is drastically different in terms of what they would bring to the decor. Um, and I, I don't. I think it's just like a lot of risk you're running into if you're expecting those guys to all of a sudden be stepping in and playing. And again, it's not like it's a, a third D pairing role. It's like you want one of those guys to be playing 18, 19, 20 minutes a night every night. I, I mean, it's. And then you know, if you want to trade guys, this is why you know you you go down all the different scenarios, and it, it's always tough to project how this off season's going. I think we're getting a little bit of a bigger picture now that everyone's signing now the big chips have fallen, but you know, when you let a guy like Hall slip through your fingers and we don't know how that even went down in terms of the Bruins offered him anything or what the contract was, but uh, you know, you sign a guy like Hall, you at least make a guy like DeBrusque or Bjork or a few of these other guys expendable. Now, if you want to trade for a legitimate guy, like are you giving away uh, DeBrusque to fill another spot on your, on your decor now, which you know, the, the perfect scenario would be, all right, uh, I mean, there's plenty of perfect scenarios. Let's say they got Craig Smith and they signed Gustafson just as, as a guy to slot in there, a competent NHLer at least. You can at least then keep DeBrusque and you have all these other guys that should help your five-on-five five game, right? Now it's, you know, a, any kind of solution you have. It's like, all right, you're trading for a guy and you're giving away assets, most likely guys up front that you're hoping are going to cash in on five-on-five on five play and then, I mean, who are you who are you signing that's left on the free agent market that drives play at five on five? Because I like, you know, I've already said on Twitter, I'm going down to my grave that if they sign my coffin, I have to live stream myself watching the Adam Sandler movie Hubie Halloween. Which I'm oh, not yeah, I can't about. wait. You're going to be watching that movie like you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, well, like that's the thing is like you're going to sign one of those guys, and everyone's going to be like, "This is good signing." You know, he's a 25 goal. Cup scorer. is on. Like, Stanley dude, Cup he, is on. Dude, he's like he sucks defensively. You know, be tearing your hair out, and he gets all of his offense because he plays like 78 percent of the power play minutes on on Florida. He's going to get yeah. those. Is he going to get those at? With the Bruins, and if he's on the top power play unit, all right, you put him at the net front, 
he's that's not where the Bruins generate all their chances from. It's not going net front. You still, even with Krug out, you still probably going bumper. You still going a guy you know at the left elbow like Pasta is still going to be at the left circle. Like it's not like they're going to change their whole decor structure around to suit Mike Hoffman. I so, don't understand the whole allure with Hoffman. I mean, the guys had a lot of pro- has had some problems in the past with teammates. I know that doesn't make everything, but that's something. And you'll add on top the fact that he is just this offensively dynamic guy. His shot's really good. Like yes. Bruin Stats said this on Twitter the other day. You know, the fact that his uh, goals are so much higher than his expected goals yeah. is a problem. Like, that doesn't age well. You know, you can't right. be scoring a bunch of snipes and one-timers until you're like, thir- you know, late in your into your th- midway through unless your you're 30s. like Ovechkin, right? And he's yes, Ovechkin. unless you're Alex Ovechkin and he's not Alex have, Ovechkin. Yeah. So is Mike Hoffman Alex Ovechkin my column. Yeah. Uh but that's sort of the, the thing is in and the whole lure with Dadanoff too. I don't know a heck of a lot about Dadanoff. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm a Dadanoff expert. Can't smell dad without Dadanoff, I guess. So um there you go. Maybe there's that. I guess we can make that joke a lot if he comes to the Bruins. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's I don't think he's much of an upgrade um no. in well, that regard lot, and he gets a lot of his like chances off the rush and stuff and he's helped out a lot by i mean he's played i think like you look at his numbers and i mean it's like a, a no shit sherlock kind of stat but like you know when he's playing with barkov and huberto the stats are great when he's not it, it tails off and i think also it helps that he has like another playmaking guy on the wing and huberto who's probably one of the better passers i mean probably him and marshan are probably the best passing left wings in the game, probably. Yeah. Um, and so you put him with, you know, it depends on where you kind of slot him in the lineup, but is he fit with a guy like Krejci or when he's got another guy like Kasha who also likes to pat, who also likes to shoot too. So th- that fit seems kind of weird in terms of dad and off. And he's 31 coming from the KHL a few years back, had a great first year this year. He kind of took a step back, you know, it's not, it, and I'm, you know, you sign a few of these guys who are out there. It's not like you were looking for like, you know, game breakers or anything like that. Like if they signed to Foley, um, you know, I'm not expecting to be a 30 goal scorer, but you'd probably pencil in for 20 goals, you know, 14, five on five goals or something like that. And helps you out a lot, you know, but if, you know, Craig Smith is your only upgrade. And again, I think we both love Craig Smith and what he'd bring to the team, but it, you know, you're still running a lot of risk in terms of getting, all you can out of that whole lineup and especially now where, I mean, the decor went from being like a very good, very promising unit that again, McAvoy can be a lot better next year. Brennan Kyle can be a lot better next year. There's a whole bunch of guys that can improve. improve. Yeah. Grizzly can improve. Um, but still like there's still a few guys on that. Not even say weak links. It's not fair to call like a, a rookie or a guy like that, you know, in that role, but you look at how a few of these last teams that have been in the cup for the cup final have gone. They all kind of follow the same template. Like Tampa was a wagon, right? They've got skill all over, but big decor, tough to get inside against. And you got a good, a good goalie who's elevated to elite status because they're not getting anything past them. Uh, St. Louis, huge decor. Uh, not now. Goalie. Yeah, exactly. Goalie who shit his pants this year. Uh, last year was elite because you couldn't get anything by them because you had Petrangelo, you had Pareko, uh, Bomeister, all those guys, right? Edmondson, Gunnarsson. Yeah. Uh, look at Dallas. I mean, Haskinen's like not a physical guy, but he's like 6'1. Lindell, uh, Jamie Alexiak, all those guys. Nothing inside. Like it, you notice, you notice a trend here. It's like, Ooh, I again, think I noticed a trend. And again, it's not even that like the same argument, right? Where it's, 
You know, you have to get a bunch of uh, big goons or something. You have to get everyone who's six six. You have to get like all Alexiacs who, you know, granted he, he's bigger, he's better than a, a big you know doofus out there. But you don't have to like just goon it up and get just big guys and knock guys around. But you also can't have three or four of your guys be you know five eleven playmakers. You got to you have to get something there, right? We also well, don't even thing. know. Jacob Boyle, by the way, is small. Yeah, he's. I mean, is he six six feet five eleven? No, I don't. I don't think he is. I, someone can correct me on this. I don't believe he is. Um, so, I you know Sweeney's talked about Jacob Zaboral, and it's like so you're gonna roll out Zaboral, Chara, Grizzlick, or you know, and also the other thing. Yeah, they also haven't signed Zidane Chara yet. So they haven't signed Zidane Chara yet. So you know Chara. I mean, excuse me, Vakaninen, Grizzlick, and Zaboral. I mean, your left side even with Chara is not looking super promising. Now, we're both high on Grizzlick's potential. But again, it's all potential. It's not, you're not going into the season with definites on your left side. At least that's what it feels like. And that, to me, is an issue. And this leads me to my next point. The Atlantic Division got a whole lot better in the past few days. And the Bruins really haven't. You go team by team. I mean, the Lightning are the Lightning. They just won a cup. They had to put Johnson on waivers. That team's good no matter what. The Maple Leafs go out and get TJ Brody. They, I don't think they got that much better. I don't think they like improved that much. They're Man, TJ Brody's a good signing. He he fits better. Yes, what no, they no, no, I agree. From, from Barry, but still, I agree. Yeah, you're there's... not. You didn't get a, a a surefire number one defenseman that you needed. Um, yeah. So to me, I don't think they got that much better, but still, they improved. TJ Brody, I think, is a little bit of an upgrade from maybe a Tyson Barry, at least in that system. Um, and then you can go down the list. I mean, the Habs got a ton better. Josh Anderson uh, and uh, and and Tyler Toffoli they had a great draft. And then you have the Senators, who aren't going to be a threat now, but drafted really well. Have Matt Murray, so it's not going to be as easy to play. You know, it's not going to be easy to beat them now, potentially, even though they probably lost to Claire. But they're going to be better in the future. The Red Wings are going to be better in the future. Uh, the Sabres just got Taylor Hall. You know, I mean, granted, we don't want to believe they're, in the they're, Sabres. They're, they're going to lose every game 7-4, but at least, you know, Taylor Hall will get his 42 goals and get yeah. the market next year when the, the cap's flat again because you can't go to an arena for, until 2022. But <laughs> congrats, so Taylor Hall, on Taylor. trying to corner the market there. <laughs> Taylor Hall's trying to – he's playing chess and we're all playing checkers, I guess. Yeah, That's apparently. the thing. The Taylor Hall thing made sense. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, if you want to – Boost up all if your numbers. If you're, if, you're, if you're trying to find the rationale, it's there of playing with Eichel. He knows Ralph Kruger, and he's gonna probably get 40 goals or 30, I don't know, 35 goals and, and 80 points. He's gonna get at that, but I don't know how he's gonna get paid next year because the f- cap is not expanding. The revenue the needs Sabres to go will back find to a way to give him like 13 million dollars a year. Yeah, that's that's what it's gonna end up being. They're gonna be still still a shitty team with no goaltending, and Rasmus Dahlin is gonna get sick and probably want out, and they probably won't even be able to pay him when he's due for a new contract anyway. So. It's funny that the cities that Taylor Hall has played in Edmonton, New Jersey, Arizona, Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is like, ooh. That's how to pick them, apparently. So. Ooh. But, I, I mean, I just couldn't believe it, you know, and I think not a lot of people could. But, again, it's I guess it's to play with Eichel. And I think also Buffalo did it from a, a standpoint of we need to satisfy Jack Eichel. I think that was the whole rationale behind the move. And this does. I mean, like Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel is going to be a fun tandem to watch. It's just I would rather not have to watch the rest of the team. Uh, as right. I said on Twitter, they're the they're the Walmart version of uh, of the Maple Leafs. Yeah, you know, st- somewhat stacked on offense. They also have Eric Stahl. Uh, mm-hmm. Defensively and goaltending, not so much. So, no. um, but they're still better, and that's still not going to be an easy team 
to beat, but I talk to you, the Sabres aren't going to be as easy to play as they have been in the past, uh, for the Bruins. So you have this Atlantic division getting better. You know, you have the Senators and, and Red Wings getting much better for the future. Same with the Canadians, the, the teams, you know, the Maple Leafs and the Lightning at the top are still, you know, probably going to be in the playoffs, at least the Lightning we can bet on. And it seems like the Bruins are kind of treading water in the division. Now they're still good. I still think they're a top three team in the Atlantic, no doubt, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. Things aren't looking too hot. No, I mean, also, we talk about this every single year, but, you know, you've got the luxury of having a great top line and a great veteran core. But uh, what happens the year when, you know what, it's inevitable when Bergeron's groin limits him to 35 games or David Krejci skills start declining? You know, like, it's going to happen sooner or later, right? He's got a lot of mileage on them. And you haven't done pretty much anything other than getting Craig Smith, who, again, is – Good player, but that's not enough that's going to supplement what happens when one of these guys takes a step back or you have to, you know, add other talent to kind of supplement what you've lost. And especially you look at that decor, man. I mean, that left side is not looking like too great right now in terms of just projecting going into the year. Um, And, I mean, even look beyond the Atlantic, man. Like, Joe Sackick has been running train on everyone this entire offseason. Oh, my God, it's incredible. Every single move they're making, every single move they're making is they're hitting out of the park. And you got them, you got Vegas, you got all these teams that are just loading up right now. And those are the teams I think that scare you. You know, it's Tampa, you got those teams out west that are kind of sitting there. And it's what are the Bruins doing to kind of counter that when you're letting all these deals for good value too? It's not like they're letting to fully sign a, a, a five year, thirty million dollar contract, and they're sitting out of that. You know, it's like you're letting these guys in a, a bootleg, you know, uh, trash market, and you've got the cap space to at least be players for. You might have to move some pieces around down the road, but, you know, you, these, guys, these guys are signing at this point now, and they're just kind of passing you by. That's what's a little concerning is the fact that they have this cap space. So they have about $11 million in cap, a little bit over, according to Cap Friendly, which God bless Cap Friendly. Uh, they really have three things they have to do this offseason. Resign Grizzlick resigned DeBrusque and potentially resigned Chara because Grizzlick and DeBrusque are RFA's Chara UFA. So let's say hypothetically Chara gets 1.5 a year. We'll be nice. We'll say, you know, 1.5 for the one year. We get DeBrusque for, th- let's say three. Okay. Let's go low and say three. What, do you think it'll be 3.5 or three? Right. I mean, it could 3. be more. 3.5, 3.75. So we'll, so sure, we'll I'm say sure he'd three, like more, but we'll yeah. say 3.5. So 3.5 plus 1.5 is a, is, is five. So that's five million right there. Plus, let's say three for Grizzlick, you have eight okay. million. So that gives you about three million to play with in cap space. Mm-hmm. And then, if you can unload contracts, if you can unload John Moore to someone who can take him, that gives yeah. you maybe five to six. So there's ways to, to to use this cap space, and it feels like they're not going to use it. It feels like they're not going to use that extra cap space. Now, again, we, there's always, it's like, this feels like, and I always give these like weird analogies, it's like a Colin Cowherd way of, of looking at things, uh, in, in, in real life, in real life terms. It feels like Christmas. Mm-hmm. This offseason was going to feel like Christmas going in. You had the draft where big things could happen. You had free agency where big things could happen. You had the trade market where big things could happen with regard to the Bruins. Draft comes. Are they going to trade Rask? Nope. He's staying, which good. Great, by the way, great piece by Steve Conroy last week in the Herald um, on the Duke of Rask stuff. 
Uh, so draft comes, nothing happens. <laughs> they make a trade with the Maple Leafs to drop seventh round picks. Free agency comes, nothing happens. They re-sign Kevin Miller, sign Craig Smith, but then as Tory Krug leaves, they hold the Kevin Miller press conference as the news is happening, which was interesting. So you have that. So you, you, you re-sign Kevin Miller, lose Krug, which you expected, and you sign Craig Smith. Not big, nothing crazy, no fireworks. And it's like, we keep getting let down. It's like, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve, nothing happens. Christmas morning, the presents weren't that great. Parents weren't that great to us. But then we get grandmas later, or we got like, you know, the aunts and uncles later who have presents. That's like the trade market. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a big present to unpack, or maybe there's nothing. And it feels like there's nothing because the, the trades are happening now. You know, by the way, I love the, the, you mentioned the Joe Sackick screwing everybody over. Uh, the Blackhawks turning Artemi Panarin into Nikita Zadorov. Uh, yeah. Respect. But yeah, good job, guys. I just look at what's going on this offseason, and it's like these are kind of obvious moves. It feels like unless unless they really feel that they want to that they they don't really feel like they can contend for a cup next year. And to that case, I say, well, then what are you doing? And that's the case. And I don't think that's If that's the case, then why don't you trade Krejci and Rask? When you yes. have a chance for, yes. for picks, even. Yes. So that's I don't the think thing. they should have, but. I don't think they should have either. I mean, again, I think they should be going for a cup. You have, you, again, these cores do not come around often. And by the way, the Craig Smith signing is great. It yes. is. I mean, maybe they feel like he's a second line right winger. But here's another thing that Don Sweeney always mentions, and same with Cassidy. They always mention this with everything, and they love the internal competition. They love, there's something about it. They just love it. It, it. it is It is exciting to them. And they love the internal competition. And when you add Craig Smith to the mix, you know, we've said this before lots of times. You have Craig Smith, Jake DeBrusque, Andre Kasha, Nick Ritchie, Anders Bjork, now Jack Stanika, all battling for left wing, right wing, left wing, right wing spots on the second and third line. I think they like that. I think in their minds, they think, hell yes, let them play so hard that it doesn't even matter if they have chemistry or not. They're going to play so hard that they battle for a spot. And it feels like that hasn't worked in past years. What has worked is the consistency, is knowing who the second line right winger is, which they haven't in a long time, or knowing who the third line right winger left wing is. And they don't have that. And again, that's why you have an 82-game season. I don't know if this, this year is probably not going to be 82 games. Hopefully not. But I, but hopefully <laughs> not. No, I agree with you. I, I hope it isn't. I hope it's more the, in the ballpark of like 40 or 45. But I look at that and I think, God damn. That's it, it, everything we said was going to happen <laughs> with, with, with them standing pat. Feels like it's happening. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, you know, we're being critical now, and I think it's warranted based on you know the window this team the has. Sky the sky is falling. That, that's what that's yeah, the time yeah. where the sky is falling. And you know what? We can look back on this, and if we are in uh, June and life is potentially back to normal, and the Bruins are in the Stanley Cup final, and Greg Smith scored twenty five goals, and Andre Kasha has twenty five goals, and Jackson Nika is a call to finalist, and Bakanainen's averaging 18.30 a game, and he has 15 points, <laughs> and Grzyk's at 30 points. And all this works out, that would be fantastic. And I would love to be proven wrong in terms of you putting all your eggs in the basket of these younger players and hoping that they're going to bail you out. 
or, or guys like, you know, Smith and Kasha, but you know, it's, you're hoping for a whole lot of 50, 50 bets to fall you away. It's like, uh, and they haven't been. Yeah. It, and it's just reality. You, you know, it's not like hopping on. You need your, your younger players to one year in the league to all of a sudden be world burners or, or guys that are going to break through. Right. Like it's not fair to expect last year for Anders Bjork to come in and give you 20 goals. Right. Like, and if he, steps up this year and he's got 15 goals and, you know, 40 something points. That's great. You know that, but, um, are you expecting Jackson Nika to be a, you know, a, a 40 point, 50 point guy, you know, is he's had a good run in the playoffs and he's a talented guy, but I don't know how you're, you know, you're putting all that instead of taking advantage of a market that's depressed right now that has guys available for way below their market value. And you're one of the few teams that had, some wiggle room going into it. So, I mean, you look at this top nine, you know, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, DeBrus, Krejci, Kasha. That's your same top six as last year. The third line, though, is kind of exciting. I mean, Coyle with Smith on the right, Bjork mm-hmm. or Stanika maybe on the left. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's the aspect of it's a, it's a solid lineup on paper. Cause again, Kasha, you know, for a full season could mm-hmm. be 25 goals. DeBrusque for a full season could be consistent next year. You know, uh, Bjork could start scoring. A lot of coulds, a lot of what ifs, yeah. not a lot of definites. Yeah. And that's where you are different than Tampa. That is where you are completely separated from Tampa in the sense that they don't have a lot of what ifs. They don't have a lot of coulds. They have a lot of do's and will definitely. And the Bruins don't have any of that, at least in, on those, um, wings with the second and third lines. And that's your issue. So again, you got to get creative. Does Smith play with the first line with, with Marshawn and Bergeron? Does Pasternak come down? Cassidy loves to mix and mingle with his lines. So obviously that could happen. The one offseason move though, I'm happy the Bruins weren't really in on was Petrangelo just because now I see the contract and we all kind of go, we knew that was coming. Yeah. You knew that contract was coming. It's not going to be an amazing one. It's going to be good for the first two or three years. Uh, and if Vegas gets a cup out of it, I guess nothing matters, yeah. but I would not have wanted the Bruins to go after that contract. A lot of people wanted Petrangelo, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy is top five defenseman in the league, probably, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, having him on the Bruins, I think would be great, but you have to evaluate the long term of it. And that it's, is not, yeah. not great. It's like, you know, I think we talked about this before. It's like when the Red Sox got Kyle Crawford, like they signed him, you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, we don't really need him, but I mean, listen, available Petrangelo, he's available for a cheap value to get him, but you know, for the cost you paid for him and for a guy who's a right D anyway, you know what? Yeah. Again, you, we went, you just went through the, the forward lines and it's a lot of coulds and woods, um, go through the decor right now, how it's constituted and roll through. Oh, I don't want to look at that. Yeah. That's not even coulds or woods. That's like, oh shit. You know, this is. Risk, you know, that's not good or wood. That's like risk in terms of some of the guys you have out there. And again, I would love to be proven wrong if they roll out, you know, those younger players and they all hit the ice running. But I think when you look at what you, what you're trying to get out of this upcoming season, if you're trying to go for it again, you know, you get what you pay for, you get what risk you put into it. And I, mean, I don't know, man, I'm, it's not, not ideal. I mean, you look at the defense right now, Grizzly McAvoy. Okay. Question mark and Carlo. Sick. Uh, Ergo Vacaninen. 
maybe. I mean, I, it's just that is not good. I mean, for Moore's money, he should be there, but we know that's not going to happen. And then the third pairing, Lazan and Chara, Clifton and Chara, Lazan and Clifton. I mean, like, the Chara thing is, like, whatever. But, I mean, the more you look at that, if they, if they needed extra cap space, you just wouldn't re-sign Chara. But I, they don't seem to be, like, needing cap space because they're not really using it. So it's like, well, the hell with it. I mean, then, then I guess do re-sign him, which I'm for. We're both for, for the money. But, I mean, that decor is not amazing. I mean, that, that decor is nothing that stands out. That's nothing that, I mean, Grizzlick, smaller. McAvoy, you know, is their number one now. Carlo, bigger. But on the left side, I mean, you know, Moore is not particularly huge. He's not going to clear guys out. Lazan is tough, but not, like, I wouldn't say it's tough to get inside on, at least mm-hmm. from what we've seen. Yeah, he's so, just a young player, so. Young player, you, you can't expect that of him. So, I mean, you know, this is a very negative episode, and we're not usually negative people. We're, 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 we're. I think optimists. I'm a beacon of optimism and, and hope, usually. We're all positivity over here, and we're all positive, we're, we're positive pals, but, uh, you look at this crew, and it's like, oh. And, and by the way, they're not gonna suck. They're not gonna be bad no. with this roster. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. It's just, are you just going to be out in the second round of Tampa again? Like, that's where you're at. Like, yeah. the whole goal of this should be an arms race with Tampa Bay. And and doesn't mean you have to – and Tampa Bay hasn't made a lot of moves. doesn't mean you don't make a lot of moves. It means you just have to get your roster to be better than Tampa. And they tried to do that at the deadline. It didn't work. And I haven't really seen a lot of efforts in this offseason, aside from Craig Smith. So, we'll see. It's a we- it's going to be an, a long offseason. There's, there's still time. Uh, but it feels like – the clock's running out, even though it's been like free agency's been around for like four days. Yeah. Uh, still, that is how it feels. Connor, before I let you go, is there anything you would like to plug? Yeah. I mean, we're going to have stuff for the entire week in terms of free agency and moves, because I'm sure it's going to be something new every single day, another gripe or, or something for us to talk about. So we'll have stuff, uh, plenty of stuff on at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe there. You can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Do all of that. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruinsby listeners have a great rest every week. Mm-hmm.